MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, batter, batter. Are you ready to hit a home run with flavor? Step up to the plate and swing by Penn Station East Coast Subs, where every bite is a grand slam. Craving a classic Philly cheesesteak or maybe a savory chicken teriyaki? Or how about loading up on their delicious fresh-cut fries? Call it a triple play by ordering Penn Station's signature fresh-squeezed lemonade. When it comes to subs, Penn Station is the big league. Order online at penn-station.com or stop at a store near you. Penn Station East Coast Subs. Uh, check it out now. Uh, no doubt now. Uh, Good Monday morning to you. It is a numbers game now. right here at Visa the Sports Betting Network, Series XM Channel 204, Visa.com, Visa app. Fubo, Sling, and Game Plus, Gil Alexander, Jason Kahn, producer number seven alongside. Good morning to you, Jason. How you doing? Good morning, Gil. Uh, for those who are just landing on this show for the first time on a Monday during football season, uh, we do a little something here called Guessing Lines. Uh, it is a tribute to the old Stardust radio show featuring the great Roxy Roxborough. Uh, and this is an exercise designed to extract value from the upcoming week's NFL lines, because I will put myself out there. I have been in, in a cocoon since yesterday. I do not know any of the lines for week two. And I am going to guess what they are. Chrissy Andrews, uh, my mishpucha, who runs the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook, is going to produce the matchup. Uh, I will guess what I think the line should be. We'll talk about yesterday's games, of course, in the process. And then he'll tell me what uh, he'll be posting here at the South Point Hotel Casino. That's how this works. Uh, I will put myself out there. I will be incredibly wrong on some of these lines, inevitably. And I will let the hate wash over me. How about that? And with that said, let's bring him in. Chris Andrews, everybody. Good morning to you, Chrissy. How you doing? I'm doing great, Gilly, and I can see some things never change. You're still pulling the Mor- Murphy Brown Act with a new producer every week, and uh, <laughs> yes, you know, that's true. We're still doing that. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, listen, uh, this is uh, like my favorite two hours of the week talking to you on Monday mornings, and uh, 
we've been doing this for many years now. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, another, another year. We know we're getting started. Yo, I hope we can finish is all I keep saying. Yeah, I agree with that. And mine too, my favorite two hours of the week as well. Uh, and for those looking for, you know, we will touch on other sports here briefly today, but really we dive back into the, uh, the mix of sports and what a day across sports yesterday. We'll uh, touch on that briefly, but really we'll get back in earnest on it tomorrow. Uh, let us begin without further ado, because we have a full slate to get to and we'll need all the time. So without further ado, Chris, uh, let us begin. You provide the, uh, I suppose we're starting with a Thursday night matchup and we'll go from there. Yeah. Thursday night, we got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Cleveland Browns. Cincinnati at Cleveland. Boy, we're starting with a real barn burner on Thursday, are we? <laughs> yeah. week, week two. Anyway, last week's, uh. You know, game aside. All right. So Cincinnati coming off their loss to the L.A. Chargers, a game they were in every position to win at the end yesterday. Uh, couldn't get it done. There was an offensive P.I. called late in the game on the final uh, play. And then Randy Bullock, I don't know if he pulled a calf muscle or if he or if he only feigned pulling it after he missed the, it could have been a game-tying field goals uh, at the end of that game against the Chargers, but the uh, the Bengals lose. Joe Burrow in his debut, 23 of 36 for 193. No touchdowns, one pick, was sacked three times. Twice he overthrew open receivers what would have been touch- for what would have been touchdowns yesterday. Uh, he did move the Bengals, as I mentioned, to the 23-yard line, closing minutes, made a rookie mistake, uh, forced a shovel pass that Ingram picked off, Melvin Ingram. That was before the last sequence. Uh, the in-character finish where A.J. Green was called for the uh, OPI in the end zone and then Randy Bullock missing a 31-yarder. And when I say missing a 31-yarder with two seconds left, I mean really missing it, grabbing his left cra- uh, his left calf, which he said cramped when he planted. That affected the kick, according to Bullock. Says it's never happened to him before. The Browns uh, may be the most disappointing of all teams in Week 1. Chrissy, I'm not sure. Not only getting beat by the Ravens, no shame in that, but just getting destroyed by the Ravens. Uh, 38-6 to final in that one. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 20 of 38 for 188. One touchdown, one pick, sacked twice. Cleveland still hasn't opened with a victory since 2004. All that said, um, I, I don't think the Bengals are any good. I think the Chargers just gave them every opportunity, obviously, as outlined to win that game. And we have a rookie quarterback in Joe Burrow, not only coming off his very first game, but now on a short week. Rookie quarterback, short week from game one to game two. That can't be good. I'll say Cleveland by a touchdown. Cleveland minus seven. Well, you're a little high. It's mostly six. Uh, I I can see... um... I can see your logic, but I'd like a lower number. You know, you know, I went through, um, I have like a very, you know, uh, I have a very elementary, let's say, grading system, you know, uh, for the games. And the Browns by far had the worst grade of the week. And, you know, I bought into it because I'm in a couple contests and I had the Browns, I think, in every one of them. Me too. And I fell into that trap of thinking, you know, here in all off season. Boy, if, if this team has tons of talent. If it gets its stuff together, look out rest of the NFL because they're really dangerous. I bought into all of that. They look like the worst team. In, well, the Jets will probably give them a run. There's a couple of teams out there that look bad. Uh, but they look absolutely horrible. Um, so, I, you know, my power rating comes to a lot less than that. But I do understand your logic. Uh, a rookie quarterback with a coach who I have – tremendous amount of questions about uh, for Cincinnati 
they didn't show, you know, I kept saying, you know, coaches like players should get better from year one to year two. You know, I mean, we're one game in. I'm not sure I want to, you know, totally, uh, you know, throw this guy completely under the bus. But I haven't seen any improvement in his coaching or in the team. And I think that's a team that has some underrated talent. So my power ratings come to a lot lower than six, but I do understand the uh, the reasoning. And uh, as bad as the Browns are, at least I, they do have more talent and they do have a more experienced quarterback. So I can see the six. That's what I'm going to open here at the South Point. Okay. No, no, no huge issue with that. Cleveland, I, I don't know what it is. And I've said this for a better part of a year now about Baker Mayfield. I don't know if it's the arrogance that puts me off. But at some point, you have to show something on a football field. And at some yeah. point, yeah. the fingers have to point at you. I don't know if we're at that point yet, but it's creeping up that way. So this is a matchup on a Thursday. Cleveland should be able to roll this team on Thursday. We will see if that's the case or not. So you got six there. I got six. Like I said, I, I think it's a shade high. But I, I understand the reasoning because of everything we just said. And I, I don't think you could... Uh, uh, you know, you just can't forego the fact that it's a rookie quarterback playing in his second game on a short week after, you know, he, I mean, he didn't look terrible. What's where's my numbers here? As QBR though, 20.2, that's pretty bad. Um, his passer rating 66.1. I always like to look at yards per attempt, 5.4. Eh, that's pretty terrible. Um, but he's playing another team that looks pretty bad too. Yeah. So uh, I, I'd probably lean towards taking the points, but I don't think I'd be uh, going hog, hog wild on it. Twenty point two QBR. Remember, for folks, that's scored out of a hundred fifty is a yeah. uh, average performance. Twenty point two. Uh, for Baker Mayfield, I I, uh, I had in games on the Chargers. No, I, for 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 a, for for a Burrow. Burrow. I'm sorry for Joe Burrow. Yeah, not yeah, good. And- yeah, don't worry. Uh, Mayfield wasn't be- much better. Thirty-three point four. Right. Yeah. Semantics when it comes to those numbers. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had in games on the Chargers against the Bengals. Have no idea how they got there, but uh, based on what we just outlined, somehow it did with mistakes from the rookie quarterback, and then the shenanigans at the game uh, at the end with the OPI, and also with the uh, shanked field goal. Uh, let's go to Sunday. Okay, Sunday, we have the Rams at the Eagles. Rams at the Eagles. Rams beat the Cowboys last night, uh, for those who missed it, for those who were exhausted, uh, like we we typically get at the end of an NFL football day. But maybe because we're not used to it, more so than anything yesterday. I had a real hard time getting locked into that game last night. I don't know if it was the nature of it or just the, the game flow. But the Rams end up beating the Cowboys 20-17. to 17. That one also featured uh, a, a P.I. that came into play uh, very prominently, an offensive P.I. Cowboys with 31 seconds left. Dak deep to Mike Gallup. Looked like a uh, completed pass, but he shoved off Jalen Ramsey apparently just enough to draw the flag, and Jalen Ramsey sold it. So the Rams end up preserving the 20-17 to 17 win. Uh, we'll get to the Cowboys and their play calling and some questionable play calling uh, at that momentarily. But uh, the Rams win that. The Eagles lose to the Washington football team. We said it about the Washington football team. We'll talk about them later. They have a certain strength. If they held the other team to a certain amount of points, maybe they can win football games. They played it perfectly. But the Eagles, they played it perfectly to that script. 
the Eagles were up in this game 17 to nothing. So all that said, you think you can uh, win a game where you're up 17 to nothing, where your win probability in-game per next-gen stats was 93% for the Eagles. I don't know if I buy that one so much, by the way. Uh, I buy I buy baseball win probabilities. I'm not sure if I buy 93%, but that's what they said. Wentz was 24 for 42 for 270. Two touchdowns, two picks. He was sacked, Chrissy, eight times. Eight times through his uh, first interception in 191 attempts, going back to uh, last December 1st. But right tackle Jack Driscoll and right guard uh, Nate Herbig they're starting their, uh, were starting their first career games. They were missing, the Eagles were, three-time Pro Bowl right tackle Lane Johnson and three-time Pro Bowl right guard Brandon Brooks. So much of the Eagles' lack of success yesterday can kind of be focused on that and that alone. Rams at Eagles, you got a 1-0 team and an 0-1 team. The Eagles will still be favored, I'll say by 2.5. Yeah, you're right on, Gil. It's 2.5, but this opened higher in a lot of spots last night. I saw like 3.5 and and 4. Uh, it's not a two and a half, a little bit of juice on the favorite. Uh, I see a three with money on the dog. Uh, my numbers are a lot closer to pick. And I'll tell you why, you know, you really hit on it. Uh, people look at injuries and the first thing they look at, of course, is quarterback. But after that, they start looking at, you know, receivers, running backs, probably receivers more nowadays than in, uh, than a couple years past. But everybody overlooks those offensive line injuries. And during the course of the season, and by the way, I had Washington in a bunch of those contests yesterday. And the wise guys, uh, actually, it's weird because I saw wise guys on both sides of that uh, of the Washington Philly game yesterday. Uh, but I had Washington, and it really wasn't a bet on Washington. It was more of a bet against Philadelphia, uh, really for the exact reason you mentioned with the right side of their line. They went from two all pros the two guys starting their very first game. I mean, and Wentz, uh, what'd you say he has? How many sacks did he have? Eight. My notes here. Yeah. Uh, eight sacks. But besides the eight sacks, I mean, he was pressured the whole game. Yeah. And, you know, I still like Wentz quite a bit, but, you know, you ha- last year he had all the skill position players around him suffered injuries. Now this year he has all the offensive linemen or his key offensive linemen have suffered huge injuries that I think are really affecting this team. So my numbers, I'm going to open this low as low as possible. Uh, right now I see two and a half, like I said, with a little juice on the favorite, but stays like this by the end of the show, I'll just open a two and a half flat. But if I see it drop down even a little bit more, I'm going to, I'm going to try to stay under the market on this game at two. And you know, the Rams, we had a lot of sharp money on the Rams. Matter of fact, all the wise guys were on the Rams last night. And I, again, I understand why. When you look back at just a few short years ago, this team was in the Super Bowl, and uh, you know their coach was like the hot guy in the whole league. And last year, they fell back a little bit, not not quite that much. I think they mismanaged a lot of uh, things with their salary cap and that that sort of thing. But there was still a pretty good product that they have on the field, and, and I thought. And they look good. They got a little lucky to win. There's no doubt about it. I'm not sure about that push off at the end. Um, but still a pretty good team. I think the wise guys have some respect for the Rams that maybe was overlooked by the general public. So I, I, I you know, put me down. I like the Rams in this spot. I think they, that this game should be no worse than pick them. Maybe even the Rams are very slight favorites. I think Philly has a ton of problems right now. 
Jared Goff was uh, 20 of 31 for 275 last night. No touchdowns, one pick, was sacked once. Uh, his biggest target was Robert Woods, six catches for 105. A lot of that early in the game. Uh, I didn't think the Rams were that spectacular last night. I didn't think they were that noteworthy in any kind of way. So two games, no incidents yet with the lines. Chrissy, give me a third. We'll do one quick here before the break. Carolina at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Carolina loses to the uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, seesaw game, Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater, first start for the Panthers. 22 of 34 for 271 touchdown, no picks, was sacked once. Christian McCaffrey, 23 carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns, three catches for 38 yards. Or as defenses like to call it, we bottled him up pretty good uh, with those numbers, actually. Robbie Anderson, six catches for 115 and a touchdown. But Carolina has uh, inexperienced secondary, and they struggled. They had a rookie cornerback, Tony Pride. He missed one assignment uh, that resulted in Henry Ruggs going 45 yards. Later, same uh, corner allowed a 23-yard touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar. Uh, and it, didn't hap- it obviously didn't help that Dante Jackson went down early in the first quarter either. Their number one corner. Uh, the Raiders did start two rookies at wide receiver, but clearly those uh, Carolina injuries and... Uh, and uh, lack of experience really might have uh, been the rule of the day or might have actually been the difference, I should say, in that game. So Carolina loses to Las Vegas in their opener. Tampa Bay loses to New Orleans. No real surprise there. Tom Brady in his debut, 23 of 36 for 239. Two touchdowns, two picks, one of which was a pick six, sacked three times. Uh, he did score on the, on the first drive of the uh, of the season for Tampa Bay. They went up 7 to nothing, but they end up losing to the Saints as, uh, let's call it four and a half, no, four-point closing dogs, 34 to 23. But it's the pick six. There was a mortar kick uh, that ended up back in New Orleans' hands as well. You take those two things out, maybe it's a completely different outcome. I don't think this is a downgrade for Tampa Bay at all here uh, after that game. Like, I don't think of them any differently. I will say, I'll guess 10 points here. And we'll go to the break here, Chrissy, and we'll get your reaction. But I'll guess 10 points. It's a numbers game. It's Guessing Lines. It's brought to you by BetMGM Sports. Football's back, obviously, at BetMGM Sports Nevada, the premier sports betting app from the same folks who bring you the best sportsbook and casino action in Las Vegas. BetMGM with all your favorite uh, wagering options. Just download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID. To open an account, start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada, whatever your sport. You're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Just visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly, as always. We'll get Chrissy's reaction to that. Guessing lines and numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Chrissy Andrews is here guessing lines in the NFL for week number two. Uh, what about my reaction before the break then to the matchup you gave me between the Bucks and the Panthers? I got the Bucks minus 10, Chrissy. You're too high, y'all. Are you giving teams a home field advantage? <laughs> no, but I don't I, I actually don't downgrade the Bucks at all for yesterday. Well, I'm looking at my power raise, and I don't let me see. I don't think I down, I may have downgraded. Listen, this is kind of tricky. I downgraded them a point. Um, I expect them to be really good by the end of the year. I, it's, I think it's just going to take a little while for Brady. You know, we talked about uh, Baker Mayfield's QBR. Brady's was like one point higher, 34.6. And Baker's 
was 33.4. So, I mean, he doesn't have it together yet. I'm not, you know, bagging on Brady. I think he looks pretty good. Some of the numbers want to reflect that, but I think he still looked like the Brady of three, four, five years ago, which, by the way, was good enough to win Super Bowls. So I'm not bagging on him, but I think it's just going to take a while for uh, everything to come together for this team. You know, it's old news, of course. We had no preseason or anything like that. So it might take a little bit of a while. And he's been known to start slow a couple other years. Uh, Although Steelers would dispute that. Uh, But uh, I think you're just too high. Seven and a half is what I see. I see anywhere from seven and a half to eight and a half. I'm going to open seven and a half. I like that better. Um, you know, I, I thought the Panthers, you know, they, they looked okay, kind of like right about where I thought. You know, they had a very good game against uh, against Las Vegas, um, which uh, I thought was really a, a pretty good game. But Bridgewater, I thought, looked pretty good, which, um, you know, it was a good thing. I always really liked this kid coming out of college. He had a devastating injury. Uh, I'm not sure he'll ever get back to where he was, but I thought he looked pretty good. And I think this team can stay within seven and a half. And by the way, I mentioned the home field rating, which I've been talking for years that I think it was very much overrated. And this year, I think it has to be almost nil. Uh, but Ed Fang did uh, a study on it and he put it out on Twitter a couple weeks ago in the NFL over the last couple years. I think his numbers for home field came to like 1.7 points. And uh, I think that's probably about right. But uh, this year, I think it's going to be nothing. And yesterday, I think, I think it was six dogs, one outright on the road. So I think home field is just not going to mean anything hardly at all. So I think you're a little high with this. And I don't know if that subconsciously got into your thought process, but I think seven and a half is plenty. Of, like I said, I see anywhere from seven and a half to eight and a half, but I definitely like the, the lower end of the spectrum. Well, and you scared me. I thought you were going to say like six and a half, but at least you're over seven. So I'm not... <laughs> I'm not like yeah. egregiously laughably yeah. off, but I will say this. It wasn't about home field to me. It's about what I said before the break. If Carolina is playing Tony pride at corner and if they're going to be banged up on the other side and not have Dante Jackson playing, if that's the possibility, Tom Brady is going to have a field day. So that's why I came up with the 10, but you know, seven and a half. All right. Uh, I won't go crazy about that, but I think I like Tampa Bay at that number. Um, shall okay. we, shall we, yeah, that's uh, but you're absolutely right about home field. Drew Dinsick did a great job with this, uh, when he was on the podcast earlier this summer. By the way, we will put this in podcast form, of course, at beating the book for those who missed any parts of this and want to check back. Uh, but in if you do the study of all 256 games this year from the first lines that were put out, even by the numbers itself, you can tell that home field baked into the lines is, is worth only about a point and a half, you know, this season. Uh, And, of course, besides Jacksonville, we had nobody in the stands yesterday. Uh, It should be noted, Jacksonville couldn't couldn't sell all 18,000 tickets. It was, like, just north of 16,000. We'll get to that momentarily. Uh, Is that right? I didn't hear that. Is that true? That is true. Uh, We'll get to that. We'll get the details on that. We'll do more. We've only gotten through three games, so we'll step on it. Guessing lines for week two in the National Football League with Chrissy Andrews at Andrews Sports, by the way, on Twitter, right here at Visa, the sports betting network on a numbers game. Let's guess some more lines with Chrissy Andrews. Uh, Let's continue, sir. We're behind pace, Chrissy. Let's get it going. 
Uh, we got the Broncos at the Steelers, two teams playing tonight. Okay, so do we even have a line for this? Because neither team has played, obviously. Denver's playing yeah. the Giants no, tonight. I see, I see numbers. I see numbers, yeah. Well, sight unseen, Broncos playing Giants tonight, and uh, Pittsburgh, excuse me, Pittsburgh playing the Giants tonight, Denver playing Tennessee tonight, pardon me. Uh, Pittsburgh now a six-point favorite after being a three-point favorite against the Giants. Tennessee a three-point favorite after being a three-point dog against the Broncos. I mean, I would imagine this is at Pittsburgh. I would imagine Pittsburgh will be more than the three-point favorite and less than a seven. I'll, I'll just put the no man's land of five and a half as a placeholder. Uh, I see between five and a half and six and a half. Um, yeah, okay. I, I'm going to open six. I have a lot of questions really about both teams. Um, you know, uh, I hear Drew Locke supposedly looks really, really good uh, in the preseason, but, you know, <laughs> I don't know how much to buy into that. I hear Roethlisberger also looks really good, but he doesn't have too many weapons right now. He doesn't have uh, Antonio Brown. He doesn't have Le'Veon Bell. So, I mean, I'm not sure what else they have. The defense, I think, for Pittsburgh will be great. But, yeah, I think six, and uh, we'll start there and see where it goes. Sight unseen for both of those teams. We'll have fun tonight on MSG Plus on primetime action. Uh, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin, Danielle Alvari, and myself doing a Giants game in front of the New York audience. That should be pretty fun. What, what's next? <laughs> Atlanta at Dallas. Atlanta, Dallas. Atlanta loses to the uh, Seahawks. Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, 37 of 54 for 450. Two touchdowns, a pick, and two sacks. But but all of that, not all of that, but most of that was garbage time, right? As Matty Ice just pads the stats. Todd Gurley in his debut with the Falcons, 14 of 56 for a touchdown. Julio, 9 for 157. Ridley, 9 for 132 touchdowns. Gage, 9 for 114. They can really fill up a stat sheet when they're uh, trying to catch up in garbage time. Uh, but they were 0 for 4 on fourth downs. So they lose to the Seahawks and the sublime Russell Wilson, which we'll get to. Dallas, as we mentioned, loses to the Rams. Dak was 25 of 39 for 266. One touchdown, no picks, sacked three times. Zeke, 22 of 96 with a touchdown. <clears throat> Excuse me, Cooper, 10, of eight, uh, 10 for 81. C.D. Lamb in his debut, five catches for 59 yards. But Dallas managed only uh, a net of 15 yards on its final 10 plays of the game. 15 net yards on its final 10 plays. And I did mention earlier, if you missed it, uh, Michael Gallup making a long catch that would have put the Cowboys in field goal range with 21 seconds left, but was called for OPI for contact with Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey completely sold it. I'm not so sure it should have been called. But let's go back earlier, Chrissy. Down three, Mike McCarthy curiously goes for it on fourth and three from the Rams 11 with about 12 minutes to play. They're down three. They could have tied the game up. Rams rookie safety Jordan Fuller makes a great tackle on CeeDee Lamb before the marker. I've said this before on this show. I've said it often. I think we're in an age where a lot of these coaches are listening to what they think they're supposed to do based on analytics and have no real understanding of what they're actually supposed to do on analytics. And some of these play calls and some of these decisions just appear to me to be way too cool for school. And it made no sense at the time. This is not armchair quarterbacking because they didn't get it. But as they're doing it, I'm like, what is he doing? And, you know, just add it to the list of why the Cowboys end up losing this game. So also, oh, I have to give a line. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, Cowboys minus four and a All that said, Cowboys minus four and a half? Hey, I like your number much better. It's like six, and I even see a six and a half out there. I like, uh, actually, I see a couple six and a half. That's the first one I, I like really the lower like. lower number for sure. Yeah, yeah give, give me I Atlanta. Mean, first of all, 
I never all off season. I didn't buy into this Dallas crap. You know, where everybody, you know, it seems like every news show I watched every day was talking about Dak Prescott and how Jerry Jones blew it by not signing him to some hundred and some million dollar contract. And uh, everything else was going to change with the nature of the team now that, you know, Garrett's out, McCarthy's in. That was a horrible decision. I'm with you. I said the exact same thing at the time. How could he not kick? I mean, we needed Dallas in the game. So, uh, yeah, it meant quite a bit to us. We had quite a bit of money on the Rams. Um, so, and, and on the other side of the coin, we had a lot of money on the Falcons. Now, I know, you know, they lost. And I understand what you're saying about the stat sheet. Uh, you know, they had three guys that had over 100 yards receiving, <laughs> yeah. and they really kind of were never in the game, you know. Um, but a lot of wise guy money showed on Atlanta before that game. A lot of wise guy money showed against Dallas before that game. I, I, I think that means something. I really do. And I, like I said, I see six, six and a half. This number is going to come down, and I'm with you on this side. Uh, I think four is much closer to where we should be on this game. And uh, I, I, like I said, I'm not buying into this Dallas yeah. crap that we hear pretty much every single year. Let me interrupt you, Chrissy, because uh, we right got now, let me interrupt you because we got to go to break. But that is the first one I really like. Give me if you're giving me six and a half. Give me Atlanta for goodness' sake. Was Leighton Vanderesh collarbone injury? Cam Irving, Blake Jarwin, both didn't return from knee injuries. Give me Atlanta. Coming back, guessing lines, Chrissy Andrews, a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Alexander, it's Chrissy Andrews. It's guessing lines, y'all, for week two in the National Football League. It's just like riding a bike. Um, and I have to say, Chrissy, when you when you you've already uttered the first, I like your line better, and somehow that just warms my heart so much. So thank you for that. Uh, on the Atlanta Dallas game, let me just repeat at the end because I think you had something to add at the end, if I'm not mistake, uh, mistaken. Uh, the Cowboys lost starting linebacker Leighton Vanderesh to a collarbone injury in the first quarter. He's going to be out for a long time with a collarbone injury. And then right tackle Cam Irving, tight end Blake Jarwin, both didn't return from knee injuries in the second quarter. So add that into the mix. You had something to add about that game, Chrissy? Well, a couple of things real quick. Sean Lee, who's been a terrific linebacker for a long time for them, did not dress yesterday, and he's had injury problems throughout his career. He's getting a little long in the tooth, but without Vanderesh, well, I think he's one of the best linebackers in the league. They're really going to need Lee, and I don't know if there's a problem or not. The other thing I wanted to say, even more importantly, uh, one of the big outfits in faraway places just is starting to open up right now. They open five and a half. So if you see a six and a half, if I were you, I would grab it right away. Or I don't often uh, advocate buying half points, but you bought this up to seven. It might not be the worst thing in the world that you could do, but uh, I'm going to open five and a half. I'm going to try to stay under the market. Uh, as much as I can in this game. Yeah, and again, for those who are like, hey, you really stayed a cocoon? I had four and a half. I- I'm shocked that this would be six and a half. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Next, we've got the Niners at the Jets. Niners at the Jets, two 0-1 teams. Uh, after week one, the Niners lose outright uh, to the Arizona Cardinals and do so as uh, six and a half point favorites. Jimmy Garoppolo, 19 of 33 for 259. Two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked three times. Uh, Raheem Mostert, 15 for 56, also caught four balls for 95 yards and a touchdown. But the Niners were 2 of 11 on third down and 0 for 2 on fourth. 
and that'll usually do it in high leverage situations. Uh, Garoppolo led the Niners down to the 16-yard line at the end of the game before throwing an incomplete pass to Trent Taylor on fourth and five. That ended their late comeback attempt. Uh, And then the Jets, they lose to the Bills, and that score probably wasn't as close as the final score indicates. Sam Darnold, 21 of 35 for 215, one touchdown, a pick, sack three times. Jamison Crowder was the big target, seven for 115 and a touchdown, but really most of that was on the touchdown, so that's a little misleading. And Le'Veon Bell was ruled out in the second half due to a hamstring injury. The Jets managed one first down on their first five possessions of this game, and that pretty much wrote the story for the day because the Bills went out to a big lead on the strength of that. Only 18 minutes and 38 seconds total time of possession for the Jets in that game. So the final score of 27 to 17, not nearly as close as that score suggests. By the way, the uh, Niners, just to be thorough, lost their game outright uh, 24 to 20 at six and a half point favorites. Uh, But San Francisco will be favored here, and I have them by a full touchdown. I had San Francisco minus seven here, Chrissy. Uh, well, you're dead on. It's seven. I, I think that number is a little short myself. Um, I think the Jets just look horrible. Adam Gaze looks totally clueless as a yep. coach. Sam Darnold has regressed. And, you know, they have a, a quarterback who evidently they thought quite a bit of, certainly in the last couple of years, although, like I said, he's regressed. But this is when you're supposed to go out and try to load your team with you know, free agents and guys that could get you to a Super Bowl. This has been the formula in the NFL the last couple of years. When you have that quarterback on the rookie deal, you have money to spend under your cap. You know, they did none of that. They're totally mismanaged. They're poorly coached. Darnold, I, I didn't like him too much coming out of college. I thought he had talent, but he didn't protect the ball well enough. He right. needed good coaching. He's not getting that. But I, I – you know, I'm going to open seven. I don't want to just open seven and a half. I know it'd be an automatic play for guys, but this is what I'm going to try to stay above the market because I think the Jets are just absolutely horrible. And I didn't downgrade the Niners too much. They've thrown in some clinkers in the last year or two, but I think they're going to still be a really, really good team and uh, a playoff team and one of the NFC favorites to make the Super Bowl. One of the, one of them. I'm with you on all that. Same thing about the Niners. I don't downgrade them too much. I actually think the Cardinals are going to be really good. And I'm with you about Darnold. Same thing that I said about Baker Mayfield applies to Darnold. Uh, We might not be there quite yet, but we're getting there pretty quick uh, as to focusing on maybe those two guys aren't really going to make it. Uh, And I certainly feel that way about Darnold even more so than I do about Mayfield. Uh, All right, let's move on to the next one here. Got Buffalo at Miami. All right, Buffalo we just talked about. Buffalo beating the Jets. Uh, Jared Allen, excuse me, uh, Josh Allen, rather, pardon me, <laughs> Josh Allen in victory, uh, 33 for 46 for 312, two touchdowns, no picks, uh, sacked three times. But on the ground, Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things, 14 of 57, also scored on the ground. But when I say Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things, he also uh, lost two fumbles. First player to top 300 yards as the Buffalo Bills starting quarterbacks through the air since uh, Tyrod, pardon me, not Tyrod, Tyrod Taylor had 329 in a 34-31 overtime loss to Miami back in 2016. Can you believe that? Stephon Diggs in his uh, debut with the Bills, eight catches, 86 yards. And as I mentioned with the uh, Jets' time of possession, Bills had it for 41 minutes and 22 seconds. Buffalo's D was a force in this game. They lost Matt Milano to a hamstring injury in the second quarter. And then uh, after outside linebacker, or, or excuse, and, and then and then I believe right after he uh, 
he he injured it. I'm sorry, he injured it right after he picked off Sam Darnold's pass over the middle, and then they, uh, Tremaine Edmonds didn't return after hurting his shoulder. So the Bills sort of overcame those injuries. Tyler Bass, choppy day as a field goal kicker, missed two field goals, um, and they're playing who? Miami, you said. Miami was a real yeah. disappointment to me yesterday. I had them plus the points against the Patriots. Uh, they didn't really look good at all. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 20 of 30 for 191. No touchdown passes, three picks. He was sacked once. They were 2 of 10 on third down. They only had 269 total yards of offense, did the uh, Dolphins. And they lost Devontae Parker, their top receiver, who left in the third quarter with a hamstring injury. Uh, I would imagine Buffalo's got to be favored here. I'm wondering if Miami's going to be this team that I chronically feel better about than the market does. I have Buffalo minus two and a half at Miami. Whoa, you're way low. There he goes. There's the first embarrassment of the year. What is it? (laughs) It's five and a half. And I even thought that was maybe a little light. I'm looking through the numbers here. Uh, Fitzpatrick, no touchdowns, three interceptions. His QBR was 72.7. Yeah, figure that out. Uh, And I just double-checked. That's what he's got. You know, I don't know where they came up with that number. I I had Miami, too, yesterday. And uh, I thought thought they would really show, uh, you know, their defense played pretty good. I didn't think Fitzpatrick looked that good, and their offense didn't look that good. And we're talking about uh, Josh Allen. I mean, listen, he's showing progress, whereas – uh, you know, Sam Donald is not, I mean, Allen is showing progress. He's still wildly inconsistent at times, but he did have that 300 yard game. I thought you were going to say they didn't have a 300 yard game since Jim Kelly, uh, <laughs> the, the Buffalo offense, since Joe Ferguson. but, uh, yeah, Joe, <laughs> that's another one. Um, but I, I, I see improvement out of this kid and I think he fits that team very, very well. So I see five and a half. I'm probably not going to open at six, but I see a four and a half out there. I'm going to stay high on the market in this game. Uh, I know, yeah, you're, you've been a big Miami man. They've been pretty good catching catching points, uh, but I don't I don't particularly like them in this spot. I think uh, I think that's a little cheap. So I, I'm going to open five and a half. But I, you know, you'll probably be on Miami in this one. But uh, yep. I, I'm I can't join you here. I'm on Miami. I'm not going to let one game sort of like take me off of my entire feeling on that football team. So I like much like I liked Atlanta in that earlier game. I think I have a a second pick here. I think I like Miami. If you're giving me all those points, I will take the Dolphins. Let's squeeze in one more here before the break. Minnesota at Indianapolis. Boy, oh boy. Two teams that lost. Mm -hmm. Um, Minnesota loses to Green Bay. Cousins, 19 of 25 for 260. Two touchdowns, a pick, sacked twice. Thielen was a big target, six for 110 and two touchdowns. They had the ball for, for 18 minutes and 44 seconds, uh, but an absence of a pass rush from the Vikings. Uh, Daniil Hunter was on the mend with a uh, neck injury. Everson Griffin now with Dallas after 10 seasons with the team. Ngakwe didn't do anything in this game, and they got rolled by the Packers. Then there's the Colts, who uh, many a survivor pool went down with the Colts 30% of survivor pools went down with the Colts alone. By the way, 42% of survivor pools already out of the circuit contest, but 30% Colts alone. Rivers was 36 of 46 for 363 in their loss to the Jaguars. One touchdown, two picks. They lost Marlon Mack. Looks like a ruptured Achilles. And uh, the theme of young rookie kickers not playing well. 
Uh, I mentioned Bass missing two chippies for uh, Buffalo. Blankenship missed an easy, costly kick for the Colts yesterday as well. Uh, Rams kicker missed one early also. Um, I don't know what to make of this game. This, to me, felt pick ish We have 30 seconds here, Chrissy. I like your number better, Gil. It's three, I, uh, Colts three, and even higher I saw yesterday, but it's coming down. I'd say if you see a three Sweet. flat, I would go out and grab it. Yeah. I, uh, and, uh, you know, I did that thing for Matt Humans on quarterbacks, and the first thing I said was, why did they sign Phillip Rivers? I I didn't take my chances with Jacoby Brissett and maybe try to draft one this year. I would not go with Phillip Rivers. And I'm not going to change my mind. Here. This game, I, I think Pickham is plenty here, and uh, I, I would not be under on the Colts under any circumstances. Colts by it makes no sense to me. All right, let's just let's just review yeah, the first hour. Chrissy likes two of my lines better, and then one of them Buffalo Miami he thought was ridiculous on my part. Uh, I like the Vikings a lot right there. My goodness. All right, the whole it's all this whole exercise designed to extract value. I uh, hope you're playing along with us. It's guessing lines. We continue with Chrissy Andrews right here on a numbers game at Veasan, the Sports Betting Network. Um, let's bring him back, ladies and gentlemen. He is the star of Guessing Lines. It's Chrissy Andrews, who runs the South Point Hotel Casino Sportsbook here, of course, at the tip of the strip. He's the author of Then One Day. Uh, remember all those story times we used to do on Guessing Lines, both on the podcast uh, and here on A Numbers Game? It's all in book form in a much more fleshed-out fashion with extra stories as well. Then One Day. Chrissy, available where all books are sold still? Uh I'd go to Amazon. Probably your best bet. <laughs> that? What a great, honest answer. I'd go to Amazon. I don't know about where all books are sold. Yeah. So, I mean, never got into Barnes and Noble. I don't know why. We 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 have it occasionally at the uh, South Point uh, gift shop, but some seems like they sell out pretty quickly over there, which I guess is a good thing. But uh, Amazon, pretty safe. Yeah. Well, it's your constituency here at the South Point gift shop, I would imagine. <laughs> I guess. All right, let's go to another one. By the way, are we still in early games? What is the early late game thing? Uh, how does that break out next week? With Yesterday was yeah. nine Four, early six. and three late. Yeah. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten early games oh, this week. So I only have nine TVs in my office. I I'm going to have to eliminate one. Please. All right, what's next? We all have our crosses to bear. By the way, I, we said it before. I, I'm going to say it again. If you like the Vikings plus three flat, go and grab it now. Grab it's it now. disappearing. Okay. Yep. Uh, okay, we have the Lions at the Packers. Oh, did we already do that? No, no we didn't do that. No, we didn't. Lions at the Packers. We talked about both of those teams' opponents. Uh, Lions are 0-1 after yeah. their loss to the uh, Bears, which I have much to say about. And the Packers. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, this just in, good at football, beating the Vikings yesterday. <laughs> Uh, and beating the Vikings by a score of 43-34, to 34, by far the highest scoring game in the NFL uh, this weekend. A 24-14, to 14, 38 points were scored uh, in the fourth quarter as the Vikings uh, did a lot in garbage time there. But uh, as far as the Packers are concerned, as I said, uh, Aaron Rodgers, 32 of 44 for 364. Four touchdowns, no picks, uh, wasn't sacked at all. His first full game he ever played anywhere in Minnesota without being sacked. Devontae Adams is just his dude. 14 catches for 156, two touchdowns. Valdez Scantley had a good game, too. 
uh, four uh, four catches for 96 and a touchdown. 522 total yards of offense for the Packers. Held the ball for over 41 minutes. Uh, They had their way with Minnesota's defense. Minnesota's defense renovated this year. Minnesota's problem is they gave, you know, Kirk Cousins got a big contract, obviously. Dalvin Cook did. So you ended up with two cornerbacks named Mike Hughes and Holton Hill for Minnesota with their third-round draft pick Cameron uh, Dantzler seeing plenty of action. All of them 23 years of age or younger. No Xavier Rhodes, no Trey Waynes, no Mackenzie Alexander. And Aaron Rodgers just feasted on him. So the Packers are 1-0. You think uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, remembers they drafted Jordan Love? Their first round pick. Oh, yeah? Watch this, Jordan Love. Um, okay, Detroit. They're up on Chicago 23-7. to And Chicago scores makes it 20, excuse me, 23-6. to Chicago scores makes it 23-13. to Okay, no problem there, right? Uh, then Detroit is up. They, they trade a couple drives. They punt a couple times. Detroit, Chrissy, is up 23-13 to over the Bears with 4.07 left in the game. Just over four minutes yeah. left. They're up 10 points. And Matt Patricia decides to attempt a 55-yard field goal. Now, how many times through the years on guessing lines and on the Megapod and on a numbers game have I talked about this? When, when they kick these long field goals and miss, we don't have a proper assessment in the National Football League as, the, as to the damage that that does long-term. Lombardi talks about this too, Right. I think Lombardi said there were 12 of these attempted yesterday. Only five were made beyond 50. So I'm not gonna I'm, I'm not gonna play armchair quarterback and say that they're all bad, uh, that, that they're all wrong to try because they're not all wrong to try. But when you are up 10 points with 4:07 left, you do not kick a 55-yard field goal, attempt a 55-yard field goal against Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. You just don't. You punt it. And again, just like what we were talking about with Mike McCarthy earlier, going for it on fourth down with 12 minutes left. This is not coming, you know, armchair quarterbacking. This is at the moment I'm saying to myself, "What in the world is he doing?" And of course, they miss the field goal. Chicago comes down. They cut it. Uh, to 23 to 20. Then Matt Stafford throws a horrific pick that gets batted up in the air. And uh, Chicago scores again. Give Trubisky credit. But the Lions, every bit as responsible for their demise in this game as anything. Uh, Matt Patricia now has blown a fourth quarter lead, Chris, in 11 of 33 games he's coached. Think about that. 33%, one out of every three games he's coached, they've blown a fourth quarter lead. Stafford was 24 of 42, uh, 24 of 42 for 297, one touchdown. The costly pick I just mentioned was sack once. AP, by the way, Adrian Peterson and his Lions debut, 14 of 93, just four days after signing. But that was the deal. At 23 to 6, they give up a touchdown, they miss a 55-yard field goal, then they give up a touchdown, then a pick, then gave up another touchdown. Uh, they did drive to the Chicago 16 with a chance to win on their final possession, even after all that. And then rookie running back DeAndre Swift drops a pass in the end zone, just oh. drops it. Uh, and so it's just the most Lions thing ever. And then the subsequent play, uh, Stafford throws another incomplete pass as time expires to complete the entire collapse. But I mean, that's Detroit Lions football, everybody. They open their season by blowing an 18-point lead at Arizona last year. And having to settle for a tie, we all remember that. And here they go yesterday. Remember, they finished three twelve and one last year, with that one being the opener. And now yesterday happens. All of that said, uh, Green Bay minus six. I'll make it just shy of a touchdown. 
Uh, you're pretty much dead on. I see a little bit of five and a half as well. I like the six a little better, even though my power ratings come a, li- a shade lower. I think I'm going to have to downgrade Detroit even more, though, after yesterday. Yeah, Swift dropped that ball in the end zone. We needed Detroit pretty good. It was kind of a weird thing. We heard a lot of heard a lot of buzz in the offseason about how Detroit was a team that had a big chance to upset that division. And I had a lot of money on their season wins over, et cetera, et cetera, all that sort of thing. Uh, but then yesterday, for some reason, and I didn't see this across the market, but I had a lot of guys that bet Chicago with me yesterday. Like I said, I didn't see that everywhere else, but we definitely had it. Um, so I needed Detroit pretty good when Swift dropped that ball. I'm that was pretty unbelievable. Uh, on the other side, I thought Aaron Rodgers looked so good. He looked as good as he has at any time in his career. I can't believe that this team made no moves in the offseason to try to get Rodgers to a Super Bowl one more time. They were on the doorstep last year, and I know they were much – their record was much better than they actually were, but they still made it to the NFC Finals, um, and Rodgers uh, you know, carried them there pretty much. But they, he needed a little bit of help yesterday or this year, and they just never gave it to him. Uh, anyway, I see five and F six. I'm going to open six, even though my power ratings come a little lower. But I like six. I just think people are going to bet the Packers, and I don't know how much confidence can you have in the Lions um, after you know just for everything that you just said. Yeah, you know how I said earlier that the Eagles had a 93 percent win probability per next gen stats against the skins, which I, against the Washington football team, which I don't necessarily agree with, you know, that, that uh, whole algorithm with 93%, but here's what I do agree with. The lions had a 98% win probability <laughs> per next gen stats, win probability algorithm, meet Matt Patricia. That's exactly what happened yeah. yesterday. <laughs> All right. What's next? Oh, dear Lord. Uh, giants at the Bears. All right, so Giants haven't played. They're playing the uh, Stillers tonight, your Pittsburgh Stillers. Um, Chicago with that win, Chicago's 1-0. So I'll say, you know, placeholder without having seen the Giants, and obviously injuries can happen and that sort of thing. But I'll say uh, Trubisky, by the way, 20 of 36 for 242, three touchdowns, no picks, sacked once in that game. The Bears won that game despite going 2 of 11 on third downs. Uh, and then Trubisky throwing the three touchdown passes in the fourth quarter to rally them from the 23-6 to six, uh, deficit. I'll say Chicago as a placeholder by three and a half just for the heck of it. Well, another time, I like your number better. <laughs> but uh, it's five and a half and even a six out there. Uh, well, it looks awful steep to me. You know, I don't know what to think of Trubisky, to be quite honest with you. Two years ago, he looked like he was a coming quarterback. Last year, he was horrible. For three quarters yesterday, it was horrible. Horrible. And uh, my dear, my darling wife, Ben on Detroit, I texted her just as a joke. I can take a picture of Trubisky <laughs> with his helmet on because he'll be uh, carrying a clipboard the rest of the year. And, of course, he scores three touchdowns after that. Yeah. beats me and her, too, by the way. Uh, so I don't know what to think. But, I, you know, five and a half just looks too high to me. But, you know. I don't know how bad the Giants are. A lot of money showing against them tonight, but I, I kind of like them tonight against Pittsburgh. I think that number's gotten too high. 
Yeah. Um, so five and a half. I'll probably open five as a placeholder and see if anybody wants to do anything with that. You're so right about Trubisky, though. If that fourth quarter doesn't happen, and obviously the fourth quarter did, so none of this is the narrative that we'll talk about today. But after three quarters yesterday, he was, despite all the choppy performances yesterday in the league, he was the worst of the worst, right? Like, I mean, he was missing <laughs> passes that were just like you couldn't believe some of the passes he was missing. Uh, but yet he gets it done in the fourth quarter in a big way. So let's give him credit. And uh, he's got the Bears to a one one and zero record, at least uh, with the assist to Matt Patricia. What's next? Jaguars at the Titans. Well, you know what do you make of the Jaguars? We were saying tanking for Trevor, <laughs> and it's funny. Uh, yeah. My buddy E said he goes, you know what? I still think they're tanking for Trevor. I think the Colts gave them the idea that they could win this game, <laughs> which I think is an interesting take on it. Gardner Minshew, Chris, was nineteen of twenty. For 173 yards, he had one incomplete pass, three touchdowns, no picks, sacked four times, 22-yarder to Keelan Cole was the uh, game winner, the eventual game winner in the fourth quarter. They only had 241 total yards of offense in victory against the, uh, against the Colts as, you know, touchdown dogs, more than a touchdown dog in this game. And as I mentioned earlier, there were 16,800 tickets available. This was the only game that had uh, spectators. 16,800 tickets available in Jacksonville. Only 14,100 were distributed for the league's lone game played with fans in the stands on Sunday. And then uh, Tennessee, uh, they haven't played yet. They played tonight, too. As we said, they're three-point favorites now after being three-point dogs against the Broncos. We'll see how that goes. But placeholder-ish, I'll say Tennessee by a full 10 because there was nothing Jacksonville did that made me say to myself, well, they're good at football. Yeah, I see. Yeah, 10 is the predominant number for sure. I see as low as nine and a half and as high as 11. Um, you know, I, I think 10 a pretty good place to start. Yeah, they got more than double in total yards. <laughs> Did you realize that? Yeah. Um, so, and uh, first downs, 27 to 17 against them, Indianapolis got. But Indy got two turnovers. Anyway, we know who won the game. Minshew, I thought, looked pretty good, but... I mean, I don't think the players on the field are tanking for Trevor, but, you know, uh, selling 14,000 seats might have management tanking for Trevor. So we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, I, I think 10's okay. I, they looked a lot better than I thought they would, but uh, let's not go crazy yet. We still look up and down that lineup. They, they just don't have too many players. I think 10's a good spot to start here. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure sold is the right word. I think distributed. They didn't even distribute all the tickets. Oh. Yeah, I don't even know how many, oh how many of those were actual sales. I, I have no idea. I have to look into it further. But the, the point is, there were still 3,000, roughly just under 3,000 empty <laughs> seats that were available. All right, let's do another one here. Uh, the Washington football team at Arizona. All right, so I'm smiling. Because let me just say this. I've, I've said this about the Washington football team maybe five different times during the offseason, and in, and in, I think last year as well. This is the type of team that is built with a really good front defensive seven. And if they can hold the opponent, and the, the number I always used was to 17 points, they can win some games that way. Well, yesterday they held their opponent to 17 points. By the way, they were down 17 to nothing against the Eagles, and they managed to win the football game. That is exactly the formula that will work for the Washington football team. And it's exactly what manifested yesterday because on offense, 
There really isn't much to say. Dwayne Haskins, 17 of 31 for 178. Touchdown, no picks, was sacked three times. Peyton, Par- uh, Peyton Barber did score twice. But it was the eight sacks of Carson Wentz on defense. Two from Ryan Kerrigan, who, uh, Skins fans, passes Dexter Manley for the all-time sack list uh, wow. in Washington football team history. One and a half from Chase Young, Chris. One and a half sacks from Chase Young. He forced a fumble. He actually kind of forced two. He is a disturbance back there. And as I said all summer, there, there was never a chance they weren't going to pick him second out of DeMatha High School. Um, 92nd career sack for Kerrigan if you're scoring at, uh, at home. And I mentioned they had the 7% win probability. They overcome the 17 nothing deficit and beat the Eagles to, if the Giants lose tonight, to lead the NFC East by themselves at 1-0. <laughs> If that happens, let's go Washington football team. By the way, Daniel Snyder mentioning that they could keep the name Washington football team permanently if fans decide that they like that. Or as I like to put it, that's his way of not having to pay the investor who who got all those other names. That's my hunch. It's call me crazy. Uh, only 237 total yards for the Skins offense. 237 total yards. Uh, Haskins jumped in to give his teammates a halftime speech because Ron Rivera was getting a pre-planned IV in his first game since learning he has a form of skin cancer. Riverboat Ron, he had a moment. He went for it on fourth and one from the Eagles five with the score tied midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, and then Barber ran for the first down and then scored from the three to give Washington a 24-17 lead on their way to a 27-17 victory. So good for the Washington football team. But they're at Arizona. Kyler Murray is the real deal. 26 of 40 for 230. Doesn't look great on the stat sheet. One touchdown, one pick, you know, two times sacked. But it's 13 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown. That's the dimension. And DeAndre Hopkins, Chrissy, 14 catches for 151. I talked about this on Friday, just how ridiculous that trade was once again. But... You know, the biggest one of those 14, uh, the throw that set up Kenyon Drake's go-ahead one-yard score with 5.03 to play that led the Cardinals over the Niners 24-20, to overcoming a pair of fourth-quarter deficits to beat the NFC champion Niners. I'll say uh, the Cardinals by seven points, full touchdown against the Washington football team. I see a little bit of seven, but mostly six and a half, and that's exactly what my power ratings come to. Before we get too far into it, I'm no hard critic. God only knows. But in the end zone for yesterday, they have Washington, men in small letters, football team. <laughs> just call it, yeah, just call it Washington. That looks so ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, I'm going off subject here. Uh, you know, Kyler Murray, I didn't like him coming out of college. I'm going to have to be the first to admit it. He looked really, really good. He looked really good last year. He looked really good yesterday. Better than the stat sheet uh, projects. See, yeah, this team isn't bad. And I'm kind of with you on Washington. By the way, I had both teams yesterday in my various contests. Very nice. Uh, I had Arizona. I think Washington. Yeah, I, you know, Washington in their in the trenches is pretty darn good, and we just tend to overlook that when they don't have the skill position players that make the headlines. But you know, they're not bad in the trenches. And I thought it was a good matchup because I thought Philly was particularly vulnerable in the trenches. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I think six and a half is a good number, and, and I think both these teams might be. Well, Washington, I had near the bottom of my power ratings. Arizona, kind of in the middle. But uh, Washington might be a little better than advertised, and I think even Arizona might be a little better than advertised too. But I think six and a half is a good number. Yep, I got no problem with it. 
Uh, we've got four games to get to. <clears throat> I assume we're in the uh, afternoon next week, and then we'll get to uh, the Sunday and Monday night affair. Only tonight, the doubleheader uh, exists for Monday night football. And again, remember, it's Pittsburgh and the Giants. Pittsburgh favored by six, up from three. And then in the nightcap, Tennessee and Denver. Tennessee now favored by three at Mile High, uh, in the Mile High City, I should say. Uh, once being three-point dogs, now three-point favorites. Obviously, uh, Von Miller's injury having a lot to do with that. Cortland Sutton still a game-time decision uh, for the Broncos in that one. So doubleheader coming tonight, 7-10 Eastern, 10-10 for the Tennessee-Denver game three hours after that. We'll get to more guessing lines, four more games to get to. Week two, not only here on a numbers game at Visa and the Sports Betting Network, but also on the Beating the Book podcast. Coming right back with Chris Anders. Gil Alexander. It's Chris Anders guessing lines for week two in the National Football League. If you're just landing on the show, it's a tribute to the old Stardust show. Uh, I'm in a cocoon. I'm guessing lines. Uh, I've been on it more than most, but there's been about three games already where I have been woefully off on. And I think uh, in two of those three cases, Chris said he liked my number better, but in uh, a third, the opposite. But nonetheless, the exercise is designed to extract value. First look at the upcoming week's NFL lines, and that is the point of this entire exercise. By the way, I mentioned you uh, could very well be playing this or really should be playing this interactively with us. Guess along with Chrissy once he gives the matchup. Guess along with me. Uh, Cliff Ritter, 101. I also enjoy talking to Chris and Gil for two hours every week, even though they never seem to hear me. Yeah, no, that's the problem. We can't hear you. That's the, that is the one thing about the interactive thing that I, I left out. Um, all right, Chris, let's do one more here. Ravens at the Texans. Ravens at the Texans. Well, the Ravens couldn't have looked any better as they crushed the Browns, 38-6, to six, picking up right where they left off. Well, I guess not picking up right where they left off because they lost in the playoffs, but you know what I mean from the regular season standpoint. Uh, and then there's Houston, which will have extra rest. Hey, there's the first time we get to say extra rest. Uh, after their loss to the Chiefs, which wasn't nearly as close as the final score suggested, the 14-point margin of defeat on uh, this past Thursday night to the Chiefs. But Baltimore yesterday against the Browns. I mean, what do you say about Lamar Jackson? 20 of 25 for 275, three touchdowns, no picks, sacked twice, but he led the team in rushing also. Seven carries for 45 yards. Remember, he had 36 touchdown passes last year. Uh, Marquise Brown was his favorite target, five for 101, but he also got it to Sneed, four for 64 and a touchdown. Mark Andrews, two touchdowns in the tight end position with five catches for 58 total. J.K. Dobbins added two touchdowns in his debut. The criminally underrated J.K. Dobbins at Ohio State, even as much hype as he got, I thought he was criminally underrated. Uh, And then there's Houston on Thursday night. Watson, 20 of 32 in defeat for 253, one touchdown, one pick, was sacked four times, got it to Fuller the fifth, eight times for 112, but man, did they miss DeAndre Hopkins, who, as I mentioned, caught 14 (laughs) yesterday, you know, for the uh, Cardinals. I'll say Baltimore, this is at Houston, I'll say Baltimore minus six. Give Deshaun Watson a little respect. You're a little light. Six and a half, I even see one seven out there. I got to tell you, I like the seven better here. Once again, I'm going to say it, and probably, probably most of the year, I'm not giving anything for home field advantage to these teams. 
And uh, yeah, I had in my notes. Boy, I think they could use DeAndre Hopkins in a game like this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, you know Lamar Jackson. I thought last year, you know, he deserved to be the unanimous MVP, which he was. But I, even through last year, I always said I liked Deshaun Watson better long term. I'm not so sure, man. This kid still looks really, really good. Yep. And you know what I think of uh, John Harbaugh as a coach? I think he's terrific. Uh, you know, Texans have to say thank you, Mr. Schedule Maker. He scheduled in the top two teams in the league uh, weeks one and two. Oh, it gets worse. Um, it, it, and not worse, but it continues to be tough for them for the first four to seven weeks of the season. It's a brutal schedule for Houston. Yeah, they do. But they, well, geez, they couldn't they couldn't draw any worse for games one and two. Uh, but I I made this number eight. I, you know, I think uh, mm-hmm. even seven's a shade low. But I'm going to open at seven. Well, um, I just think this Raven team is really really good. And I you know believe me, I don't think much of Cleveland. They showed to be terrible uh, yesterday. But a lot of that had to do with just exactly how good Baltimore is. You know, they they were the best team. You know weeks one through 16 last year, they just lost in the playoffs and, you know, you can't make excuses. They lost, they lost, but you know, they, you know, they're my, my grading system still had them the number one team in the league. And uh, I still have them at a tie with Kansas city right now. And uh, you know, I just, I think they should be more than a touchdown here. I'm not crazy about laying points. Uh, but I, I think the favorite is probably the right side here. I'm going to open seven. You know, I went through the mechanics again of that Deandre Hopkins David Johnson trade uh, this past Friday after the uh, the Texans game on Thursday night. And again, Bill Barnwell, when he wrote the grading of that trade for Houston, he gave it an F and he said, did yeah. DeAndre Hopkins lose a limb that I didn't know about? But it really can be <laughs> distilled. So I, I won't get into the mechanics of the trade again, but it just can be distilled to this one sentence. The Houston Texans, with apologies to, Sean, to Deshaun Watson, got rid of their best player for a song. It's just unforgivable. Coming back, guessing lines. A numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Guessing Lines continues. Week number two, Chrissy Andrews, who runs the uh, sports book here at the uh, South Point Hotel Casino, at Andrews Sports on Twitter. The name of the book is Then One Day. Chris, do we have, by my count, do we have one more afternoon game on Sunday? Uh, yeah, one more than Sunday and Monday night. All right, we'll get to the prime time after the break. What's the last afternoon game? Chiefs at the Chargers. Chiefs at the Chargers. Okay, so the Chiefs win. They're on extra rest. They beat the Texans we just talked about. Patrick Mahomes, 24 of 32 for 211, three touchdowns, no picks. He was only sacked once. In in what, you know, I was doing the MSG Plus show primetime action, which we do Monday through Friday night. For those who missed it, we started this last week. I'm doing double duty now. So MSG Plus, if you have it in your cable package or on your dish, we do in-game betting Monday through Friday night, 7 to 10 Eastern, 4 to 7 Pacific. And from my vantage point, watching it live while doing a show, which isn't always the most nuanced take, it just looked like Andy Reid and the Chiefs were like, let's not show much. Let's just kind of get out of here with a win without injuries. We'll just do our thing. We won't really open up the playbook. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 25 for 138 and a touchdown. He was a bell cow. I think that was the biggest surprise. I, I had him as rookie of the year before the season started. But I didn't think he'd be a bell cow. Uh, Ten straight wins now, dating to last season for the Kansas City Chiefs. 
The Chargers we mentioned hold on for dear life against the Bengals. They uh, get a really bad Joe Burrow decision late on a shovel pass that uh, Melvin Ingram picked off. Then they get an OPI called on A.J. Green uh, fortuitously. Then they get Randy Bullock to either pull a calf muscle or not, but shanked what could have been a game-tying field goal with thirty a 31-yard attempt, just a 31-yard attempt. So they overcome all that. They overcome Joe Burrow over just overthrowing two guys for a touchdown as well, and they somehow win. But the Chargers are just do they just do Chargers things. Terod Taylor was 16 of 30 for 208. This team is way more talented, I think, than their performance suggests, but they just looked terrible to me yesterday. And by the way, you know, Anthony Lynn with some strange decisions. We'll get we we have a full season to go after Anthony Lynn. I'll say the Chiefs by <laughs> 10. I mean, it can't be less than 10, right? Wow, I see eight and eight and a half. And that's what my power ratings come to. I, I definitely like the eight and a half a little better. Um, ten might be a little much, but maybe not. Maybe not. You know, I always say chargers tend to do chargery things. Well, they tried to do it yesterday. But don't worry, because Philip Rivers <laughs> still did chargery things, even though he's in Indianapolis. Still, um, yeah, the Chiefs, you know, yeah, they dominated and looked like it was, yeah, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, they dominated. So what? You know, so I think they got a lot more left in the tank. I don't know if they're going to show it this week either, but they they could win by ten standing on their heads. Uh, I like. I, I'm going to use the higher number here. Like I said, not a power ratings. Uh, number, but more like just thinking eh, that could easily happen. So I, I kind of like the Chiefs in a, a little bit in this spot, uh, but I, I like the eight and a half better than the eight, certainly. Okay. Yeah, I think it's one of those. I, I mean, I'm with you, right? The Chiefs could win by 20, and it wouldn't surprise me. They could win by seven, and it wouldn't surprise me if they just take their uh, right. foot off the gas. By the way, I just wanted to point this out from what I said right going into the break about DeAndre Hopkins, because that sort of got lost going into commercial. I went through the mechanics of that DeAndre Hopkins trade at the at, at, during Friday's show after the Thursday night game against the Chiefs. But, like, I really mean what I said. Like, at that moment when they made that trade, there, are, there were people defending that trade for the Houston Texans. And I, you know, and I, I didn't get it at the time, and I still don't get it. And all it took is one game to bear it out. Obviously, it's only one game. But, like, when you trade, this is the, it's the one sin you cannot justify you can't trade your best player for nothing and then act like there's some football basis to it like because you completely lose your fan base doing that like if I was a Houston Texans fan I would be so angry at that at at, at allowing Bill O'Brien to make trades like that and there seems to be this underlying thing with that football team I know we're not talking about the Texans anymore but I just wanted to make this point there just seems to be something underlying with that football team where I just wonder, it's like, do they really trust Bill O'Brien? Like, those those players play for him? <laughs> yeah. and they, wow, could you trade me at any moment? Anyway, I just want to say that. But the, the Chiefs destroyed them. And I, uh, yeah, I firmly believe they could roll the Chargers here. I could see them keeping it close. You have it at eight and a half in the end, Chiefs Chargers? Yeah, I see eight and eight and a half. I'm going to open eight and a half. Okay. All right. We'll get to the primetime uh, games. We'll have one more break. We'll get to the Sunday night game next week uh, and the Monday night game. So far, uh, I like three of those still. Minnesota against Atlanta. That's the one I think that I like the most. Uh, Minnesota against uh, Indiana, Indianapolis, excuse me. Minnesota against Indianapolis. Uh, I like Atlanta 
getting all those points against the Cowboys, and I like the Dolphins getting all those points against the Bills. That Ravens one was interesting, though, against Houston. Getting more than the touchdown? I have to rethink that one. Coming back, we'll wrap it up. Prime time right here, guessing lines on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Skill Alexander, it's Chrissy Andrews. Let's do some primetime games, guessing week two lines. Let's go Sunday night, Chris. New England at Seattle. New England at Seattle. Both teams want to know. New England behind Cameron Newton, as Tam, as uh, Todd Wishnet was saying <laughs> on the podcast this uh, week. Cameron Newton. Uh, Cam was 15 of 19 for 155. No touchdowns through the air, no picks, was sacked twice. But he was 15 of 75 on the ground for two touchdowns. The added dimension of having Cam Newton uh, instead of Tom Brady. Uh, I still take Tom Brady, but you know what I mean. Uh, and they get the win over Miami and do so in, in much greater fashion than I certainly thought they would. Uh, Seattle beats Atlanta. Let me just say this. Russell Wilson is the leader in the clubhouse for National Football League MVP. A man who has never received a single solitary vote in his entire career for MVP, which has to be the most ridiculous stat that exists in pro football. But yesterday he was 31 of 35. 31 of 35 for 322. Four touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked three times. Uh, By the way, he led his team in rushing. Tells you about Seattle's running game. He only had 29 yards rushing, but he had a 28-yarder. Led the team in rushing as well. And may I just say, his pass to DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf caught four passes for 95 yards and a touchdown. But that touchdown was on a fourth and five at the Atlanta 38. And it made the score 21-12. to Russell Wilson lofted what might be the prettiest pass you'll ever see all year. Could have just walked up to him and placed it in his hands. It wouldn't have been any better than the pass he threw. 506 total yards of offense for the Hawks. Uh, Seahawks are going to be a favorite. I'm going to say they're more than a field goal favorite, Chris. I'll say they're minus three and a half. They are four, and I even see a little four and a half. Oh, I stand uh, I think I like the four. Yeah, I like that yeah, better. I think I like the four better. Um, you know, okay, first of all, you're talking about Russell Wilson. You know, they talked about in the offseason, you heard a lot about it. Who would you start your team with? Well, almost everybody said Patrick Mahomes. You know, reasonable uh, yep. statement. But if my number two pick would still be Russell Wilson because all these other young quarterbacks, you know, Jackson, Watson, and we run down the list. We hope they're going to be good. And they think they will be. But I know this kid's good. Yeah, and when I did right. that thing for Matt Humans about quarterbacks, if he never throws another pass in his life, he's a he's an automatic Hall of Famer. I can't believe how good this kid has been. I just can't believe it. All that being said, I think Cameron Newton, <laughs> I think he's going to be great for New England in the short term. But you can't run the ball like that throughout the whole season. I don't think Not at his age. Yeah. I mean, you know, and he's coming off injury problems. But right now he can, you know, he certainly can, you know, week one. And I think he'll be able to do a week two. So I think his number a shade higher than anything. 
uh, you know, you have to adjust these um, according to how are they going to play like right now. And right now, I thought three was actually a decent number. I think, I, you know, I have no beef with the four because I think Seattle is really, really good. But I think New England is going to be very good as long as Newton can stay healthy. I just don't think he could do this for 16 games at his age and his history of injuries. I, I, just, I don't think he can. You know, but right now, I I do think you can. I would lean towards taking the number here. I wouldn't jump all over it. I think four might be a shade high. But uh, like I said, it's four and four and a half. I'm going to open four here. I'm with you about New England, and I ain't got no beef with no four either. I guess three and a half, but if it's four or four and a half, that that sounds probably even better to me. Uh, Seattle, New England, maybe. I mean, that's a great Sunday night game to watch, though. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, Next week. Uh, between the Patriots and the Seahawks. Monday night, sir. New Orleans at Las Vegas. Oh, another game between uh, two 1-0 teams. New Orleans doing so by beating the Buccaneers. Yeah. We talked about that earlier. Uh, in a game that probably, again, if you don't have the pick six, I know it's ifs, but if you don't have the pick six and you don't have that mortar kick, maybe it's a completely different outcome. But they get the win, and then the Raiders in a very back-and-forth game with the Panthers, end up getting it done. Uh, Drew Brees for the Saints. Let's start there. In a battle, uh, the historical battle of the oldest quarterbacks ever to face each other in NFL history, Drew Brees really didn't light it up. 18 of 30 for 160, two touchdowns, no picks. He was sacked once. Michael Thomas, two-time All-Pro wide receiver Michael Thomas, appeared to be limping in the fourth quarter in, in a game in which he only had three catches for 17 yards. So... And we've said this about Breeze for a while now. He kind of seems washed a little, washed up a little bit to me. <laughs> like, I don't know if that's, I really don't know if there's the arm strength. Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, if you're a Raiders fan, I guess you got to be happy about this. Derek Carr, 22 of 30 for 239, one touchdown, no picks, wasn't sacked. Josh Jacobs, 25 and 93, not one, not two, but three touchdowns. The Raiders scored on six of their first eight possessions against the young Carolina defense, as I mentioned, that started three rookies. But they needed a defensive stop, a defensive stop to seal the victory. They were trailing 34-30, to 30, were the, uh, were the uh, Panthers. And then Panthers' new offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, called a handoff to fullback Alex Arma instead of Christian McCaffrey on fourth and inches at midfield. He was stopped at the line with one minute, 11 seconds left. McCaffrey racked up 134 yards from scrimmage and scored two touchdowns. But the Panthers elect to go away from him on the most crucial play of the game. By the way, they lost both right tackles to injuries, did the Raiders. Trent Brown in the first quarter, Sam Young in the third quarter. Um, Saints are going to be favored. More than a field goal, less than a touch. I'll say four and a half. And uh, five and a half. Um, like a blanket. That's pretty much what I see. My numbers come to higher than that. And I'm kind of with you on Breeze. Like even last year, you know, the offense and like, you know, I told you, I wonder about uh, Roethlisberger's tools around them. I don't wonder about Breeze's tools around those. He's got some really good ones um, and a really good offensive coach. Uh, defense looked pretty good, I thought. Uh, but that may have just been Brady getting used to his new offense. But a lot of money showed on New Orleans yesterday, uh, quite a bit, and all from money from players that I highly respected. And, again, I think that has to mean a little something. Uh, my power ratings do come higher. Again, I'm not giving anything for any home field. Uh, but I, I think this is a shade light. I'm going to wind up opening five and a half. 
Uh, but if this number goes up, I'm going to go up with it because I think a lot of the public will be on the Raiders with their first game here in town, even though there's not going to be any fans in the stands. Uh, but I, I think it's a shade light. I think uh, I kind of feel New Orleans the right side here. All right, Chrissy, just like riding a bike, as I said earlier, week two, guessing lines. We got through it. I don't know how we did, but we did. And let me just review, and I'll get to you right after this, what you are looking at. Um, but for me, Minnesota, Atlanta, and Miami. Minnesota at Indiana, at Indianapolis. I thought that was ridiculous that you said Indianapolis was a three-point favorite, and you already mentioned it's coming down. But if you can find the threes, grab it immediately, for goodness sakes. I like Minnesota. I like Atlanta. If I'm getting six and a half at Dallas, that doesn't make any sense to me. And then Miami, I, I guess two and a half. I was way off on this guess as well, but uh, this is the one of the three that you weren't on my side with. But I'm not going to let one game sway me. I like all those points for Miami against Buffalo. And the other one I'll consider, I'll say, I'll real, I'll, I will reconsider. Pardon me. Is that I said Baltimore minus six against Houston. You're saying you like it a little more than the seven. I might have been off on that, but those are those first three for sure. What about you? Well, I agree with you wholeheartedly on two of them. I like Atlanta. I think that that number is way too high. I like Minnesota. I think I, I don't know why the Colts would be the favorite, and I like the Rams against an Eagle team that I think mm-hmm. just has way too many injuries right now, and uh, I think this plays well into the Rams' hands. So that's a, the that's the three games I like quite a bit this week. All right. So, and that's, um, and that's Chris Andrews. Course, the, it's Monday. Yeah, that's right. The, first of all, that's Chris Andrews, the contest player talking, not the bookmaker talking right there. Yeah. Right. And, <laughs> and yes, we should, that's the caveat that we say every, every time with guessing lines, we have an entire week now to, to just have our brains destroy what we thought in, initially and completely right. talk ourselves out of our initial reactions to this. But oftentimes the initial reaction is the best. Yeah. For sure. Chrissy, I appreciate it, man, as always. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Chris, Chris Andrews. Okay, Gilly. I'll be talking to you, man. You too. Take care. Chrissy Andrews, everybody. Week two guessing lines. We'll talk to him one week from today for week three as the NFL is underway. Transform your tax refund into clear, comfortable vision thanks to LASIK. Make yourself and your vision a priority. Act now to gain freedom from glasses and contacts. Start enjoying the benefits of LASIK almost immediately after this safe and quick procedure. Take the first step. Schedule a complimentary LASIK consultation with the experts at Revision LASIK and Cataract Surgery. Learn more about LASIK at revisioneyes.com. A bold approach to engineering. At Bowling Green State University, our engineering degrees fuse the science of traditional engineering with technology and hands-on skills. This combination is what employers are looking for in the up-and-coming fields of robotics, advanced manufacturing, and systems engineering. It's why our graduates find jobs and why BGSU stands out. Don't just get a degree. Secure your future at BGSU. 
the Ohio Lottery, we make Keno fun. Your way. That means you pick your wager. Will it be a dollar, two, a crisp 20 bucks? Your call. Like picking your own numbers? Use any inspiration you like. Birthdays, jersey numbers, you name it. And if you don't feel like choosing, there's the super quick auto pick. With regular promotions that'll get you more bang for your Kino buck, multiple ways to win, prizes galore, and live draws every few minutes. Anytime is the right time to get in on the Kino action. Kino is always fun your way. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly.